Chapter Twenty of the Romance of Modern Invention. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Romance of Modern Invention by Archibald Williams. Chapter Twenty Typesetting by Machinery to the assyrian brickmakers who thousands of years ago used blocks wherewith to impress on their unbaked bricks hieroglyphics and symbolical characters must be attributed the first hesitating step towards that most marvellous and revolutionary of human discoveries the art of printing not however till the early part of the fifteenth century did gutenberg and costa conceive the brilliant but simple idea of printing from separate types which could be set in different orders and combinations to represent different ideas for englishmen fourteen seventy four deserves to rank with eighteen fifteen as in that year a very waterloo was won on english soil against the forces of ignorance and oppression though the effects of the victory were not at once evident considering the stir made at the time by the appearance of caxton's first book at westminster it seems strange that an invention of such importance as the printing press should have been frowned upon by those in power and so discouraged that for nearly two centuries printing remained an ill-used and unprogressive art a giant half strangled in his cradle yet as soon as prejudice gave it an open field improved methods followed close on one another's heels to-day we have in the place of caxton's rude hand-made press great cylinder machines capable of absorbing paper by the mile and grinding out twenty thousand impressions an hour as easily as a child can unwind a reel of cotton side by side with the problem how to produce the greatest possible number of copies in a given time from one machine has arisen another how to set up type with a proportionate rapidity a press without type is as useless as a chaff cutter without hay or straw the type once assembled as many casts or stereotypes can be made from it as there are machines to be worked but to arrange a large body of type in a short time brings the printer face to face with the need of employing the expensive services of a small army of compositors unless he can attain his end by some equally efficient and less costly means for the last century a struggle has been in progress between the machine compositor and the human compositor mechanical ingenuity against eye and brains in the last five years the battle has turned most decidedly in favour of the machine to-day there are in existence two wonderful contrivances which enable a man to set up type six times as fast as he could by hand from a box of type 
with an ease that reminds one of the mythical machine for the conversion of live pigs into strings of sausages by an uninterrupted series of movements these machines are called respectively the linotype and monotype roughly described they are to the compositor what a typewriter is to a clerk forming words in obedience to the depression of keys on a keyboard but whereas the typewriter merely imprints a single character on paper the linotype and monotype cast deliver and set up type from which an indefinite number of impressions can be taken they meet the compositor more than halfway and simplify his labour while hugely increasing his productiveness as far back as eighteen forty two periodicals were mechanically composed by a machine which is now practically forgotten since that time hundreds of other inventions have been patented and some scores of different machines tried though with small success in most cases as it was found that quality of composition was sacrificed to quantity and that what at first appeared a short cut to the printing press was after all the longest way round when corrections had all been attended to a really economical typesetter must be accurate as well as prolific slipshod work will not pay in the long run such a machine was perfected a few years ago by Otmar Mergenthaler of Baltimore, who devised the plan of casting a whole line of type. The linotype composing machine, to give it its full title, produces type all ready for the presses in slugs or lines, hence the name Lin-O-Type. It deserves at least a short description the linotype occupies about six square feet of floor space weighs one ton and is entirely operated by one man its most prominent features are a sloping magazine at the top to hold the brass matrices or dies from which the type is cast a keyboard controlling the machinery to drop and collect the dies and a long lever which restores the dies to the magazine when done with the operator sits facing the keyboard in which are ninety keys variously coloured to distinguish the different kinds of letters his hands twinkle over the keys and the brass dies fly into place when a key is depressed a die shoots from the magazine onto a travelling belt and is whirled off to the assembling box each die is a flat oblong brass plate of a thickness varying with the letter having a large v-shaped notch in the top and the letter cut halfway down on one side of the longer sides a corresponding letter is stamped on the side nearest to the operator so that he may see what he is doing and make needful corrections as soon as a word is complete he touches the spacing lever at the side of the keyboard the action causes a space to be placed against the last die to separate it from the following word 
the operations are repeated until the tinkle of a bell warns him that though there may be room for one or two more letters the line will not admit another whole syllable the line must therefore be justified that is the spaces between the words increase till the vacant room is filled in in hand composition this takes a considerable time and is irksome but at the linotype the operator merely twists a handle and the wedge-shaped spaces placed thin end upwards are driven up simultaneously giving the lateral expansion required to make the line of the right measure a word about the spaces or space bands were each a single wedge the pressure would be on the bottom only of the dies and their tops being able to move slightly would admit lead between them to obviate this a small second wedge thin end downwards is arranged to slide on the larger wedge so that in all positions parallelism is secured this smaller wedge is of the same shape as the dies and remains stationary in line with them the larger one only moving the line of dies being now complete it is automatically borne off and pressed into contact with the casting wheel this wheel revolving on its centre has a slit in it corresponding in length and width to the size of line required at first the slit is horizontal and the dies fit against it so that the row of sunk letters on the faces are in the exact position to receive the molten lead which is squirted through the slit from behind by an automatic pump supplied from a metal pot the pot is kept at a proper heat of five hundred and fifty degrees fahrenheit by the flames of a bunsen burner the lead solidifies in an instant and the slug of type is ready for removal after its back has been carefully trimmed by a knife the wheel revolves for a quarter turn bringing the slit into a vertical position a punch drives out the slug which is slid into the galley to join its predecessors the wheel then resumes its former horizontal position in readiness for another cast the assembled dies have for the time done their work and must be returned to the magazine the mechanism used to effect this is peculiarly ingenious an arm carrying a ribbed bar descends the dies are pushed up leaving the spaces behind to be restored to their proper compartment till on a level with the ribbed bar onto which they are slid by a lateral movement the notches of the v-shaped opening in the top side of each die engaging with the ribs on the bar the bar then ascends till it is in line with a longer bar of like section passing over the open top of the entire magazine a set of horizontal screw bars rotating at high speed transfer the dies from the short to the long bar along which they move till as a die comes above its proper division of the magazine the arrangement of the teeth allows it to drop while all this has been going on 
the operator has composed another line of moulds which will in turn be transferred to the casting wheel and then back to the magazine so that the three operations of composing casting and sorting moulds are in progress simultaneously in different parts of the machine with the result that as many as twenty thousand letters can be formed by an expert in the space of an hour against the fifteen hundred letters of a skilled hand compositor how about corrections even a comma too few or too many needs the whole line cast over again it is a convincing proof of the difference in speed between the two methods that a column of type can be corrected much faster by the machine handicapped as it is by its solid slugs than by hand no wonder then that more than one thousand linotypes are to be found in the printing offices of great britain the monotype like the linotype aims at speed in composition but in its mechanism it differs essentially from the linotype in the first place the apparatus is constructed in two quite separate parts there is a keyboard which may be on the third floor of the printing offices and the casting machine which ceaselessly casts and sets type in the basement yet they are but one whole the connecting link is the long strip of paper punched by the keyboard mechanism and then transferred to the casting machine to bring about the formation of type the keyboard is the servant of man the casting machine is the slave of the keyboard secondly the monotype casts type not in blocks or a whole line but in separate letters it is thus a complete type foundry order it to cast g's and it will turn them out by the thousand till another letter is required thirdly by means of the punch paper roll the same type can be set up time after time without a second recourse to the keyboard just as a tune is ground repeatedly out of a barrel organ the keyboard has a formidable appearance it contains two hundred and twenty-five keys providing as many characters also thirty keys to regulate the spacing of the words at the back of the machine a roll of paper runs over rollers and above a row of thirty little punches worked by the keys a key being depressed an opened valve admits air into two cylinders each driving a punch the punches fly up and cut two neat little holes in the paper the roll then moves forward for the next letter at the end of the word a special lever is used to register a space and so on to the end of the line the operator then consults an automatic indicator which tells him exactly how much space is left and how much too long or too short the line would be if the spaces were of the normal size supposing for instance that there are ten spaces and that there is one tenth of an inch to spare it is obvious that by extending each space one hundredth of an inch 
the vacant room will be exactly filled similarly if the ten normal spaces would make the line one-tenth of an inch too long by decreasing the spaces each one-hundredth inch the line will also be justified but the operator need not trouble his head about calculations of this kind his indicator a vertical cylinder covered with tiny squares in each of which are printed two figures tell him exactly what he has to do on pressing a certain key the cylinder revolves and comes to rest with the tip of a pointer over a square the operator at once presses down the keys bearing the numbers printed on that square confident that the line will be of the proper length as soon as the roll is finished it is detached from the keyboard and introduced to the casting machine hitherto passive it now becomes active having been placed in position on the rollers it is slowly unwound by the machinery the paper passes over a hollow bar in which there are as many holes as there were punches in the keyboard and in precisely the same position when a hole in the paper comes over a hole in the hollow bar air rushes in and passing through a tube actuates the typesetting machinery in a certain manner so as to bring the desired die into contact with molten lead the dies are in the monotype all carried in a magazine about three inches square which moves backwards or forwards to right or left in obedience to orders from the perforated roll the dies are arranged in exactly the same way as the keys on the keyboard so that supposing a to have been stamped on the roll one of the perforations causes the magazine to slide one way while the other shoves it another until the combined motions bring the matrix engraved with the a underneath the small hole through which molten lead is forced the letter is ejected and moves sideways through a narrow channel pushing preceding letters before it and the magazine is free for other movements at the end of each word a space or blank lead is cast its size exactly determined by the justifying hole belonging to that line word follows word till the line is complete then a knife-like lever rises and the type is propelled into the galley though a slave the casting machine will not tolerate injustice needles hotel to swan should the compositor have made a mistake so that the line is too long or too short automatic machinery at once comes into play and slips the driving belt from the fixed to the loose pulley thus stopping the machine till someone can attend to it but if the punching has been correctly done the machine will work away unattended till a whole column of type having been set up it comes to a standstill the advantages of the monotype are easily seen in order to save money a man need not possess the complete apparatus if he has the keyboard only he becomes to a certain extent his own compositor 
able to set up the type as it were by proxy at any convenient time he can give his undivided attention to the keyboard stop work whenever he likes without keeping a casting machine idle and as soon as his role is complete forward it to a central establishment where type is set there a single man can superintend the completion of half a dozen men's labours at the keyboard that means a great reduction of expense in due time he receives back his copy in the shape of set-up type all ready to be corrected and transferred to the printing machines the type done with he can melt it down without fear of future regret for he knows that the paper roll locked up in his cupboard will do its work a second time as well as it did the first should he need the same matter resetting he has only to send the roll through the post to the central establishment thanks to mr lanston's invention we may hope for the day when every parish will be able to do its own printing or at least set up its own magazine the only thing needful will be a monotype keyboard supplied by an enlightened parish council as soon as the expense appears justifiable and kept in the post office or village institute the payment of a small fee will entitle the squire to punch out his speech on behalf of the conservative candidate the schoolmaster to compose special information for his pupils the rector to reduce to print pamphlets and appeals to charity and if those of humbler degree think they can strike eloquence from the keys they too will of course be allowed to turn out their ideas literally by the yard End of chapter 20